The Book Love Foundation podcast is produced by the Teacher Learning Sessions, connecting teachers with ideas, experts, and each other. It's much easier to find good books that you'd like when there's like a library there. (laughs) At the beginning of the year, I kind of had to force myself to like reading, but then after a little bit, I just liked reading after that. It was good. Welcome back to the Book Love Foundation podcast. I'm Penny Kittle, and I'm your host. In this episode, you get an inside view of some of my work this year. This feels like the Kittle classroom exposed, because when Kevin suggested that he come up north and invite some of my ninth graders to talk to them about reading, you can imagine what I was thinking. Failure on display. But the three students who volunteered, well, they talked a lot about what changed them as readers this year because they all came in with similar histories from middle school, unfortunately. They had read some in elementary, but then went dormant in seventh and in eighth grades. And I would say that we all have dormant times in our reading lives, but dormancy unchecked becomes an identity, a non-reader, a pretend compliant fake reader, even a resentful reader. Why do we have to read this? And I think we should despair over that. How is it possible for a kid to attend school and then leave uninterested in books? But we know how common it is. The thing that bothers me is that for all of this chatter about summer reading loss, here we are on the brink of summer, make sure they keep reading. You know, we don't talk enough about all year reading loss. And how about all year reading loss again? If a kid collects experiences like this, it means that regular reading habit has been replaced now by games and sports and social media and jobs, replaced by anything but reading. I think what happens is that once content readers start to believe that they just don't like reading, you know, I've outgrown it, but we know people don't outgrow books. If you're listening to this podcast, I'm betting you haven't outgrown it. You probably got a stack of books beside you right now. In fact, uh, set that book down and listen to me. But if you're a teacher, you meet kids who believe they have. I liked books when I was little, they'll say, but I don't like books anymore. They've forgotten the superpower of books to name just what you need to know right now this year. Each kid in the podcast today was in that place last September. They came to me from two different middle schools, one public, one private. This isn't about money. Their teachers had good intentions and they worked hard to make a few books interesting. But with little balance between teacher-selected books and student-selected books, these kids read little. My belief is that if kids become uninterested in reading, it's up to us. It's on us to change that. Now, speaking to these students in May, you'll hear a very different story about their lives as readers. What happened? I'm going to let Ashton and Sully and Jamie tell you, but I want you to pay attention to one thing. This was work. We can fill our classrooms with books, but they'll just be wallpaper to kids who don't like to read. 
We have to talk about those books. We have to think a lot about how to match a kid to a book that's going to keep them reading. And then we have to give those kids time to read with us. As students read, we sit down and talk to them. We sit beside them and work out problems in their reading. Most of all, we encourage them. We encourage them to keep seeking answers to questions that we know can be answered in books. Choice in reading, that's something we nurture. We personalize. And at times, we have to keep working at to make those choices meaningful for kids. It takes persistence. Some days I feel like I just don't have it, but I keep trying. I know you have it because you're a teacher and you're listening to this podcast. Books in the words of Stephen King are portable magic. I am dedicated to every kid in my classroom and I want them to know that that portable magic exists just for them. Every student should know that every year. These three kids on the podcast today are going to show you how. Joining me is Kevin Carlson from the Teacher Learning Sessions. So Sully, tell me about um, tell me about you as a reader. What kind of a reader were you when you came into Ms. Kittle's room? I didn't really read that much. I was definitely hesitant about reading. Mm-hmm. Like how many books did you read last year, do you think? Four, maybe. How many books do you think you read last year? About? <sighs> maybe like two. Or even the year before, just kind of over the course of your middle school years, how much were you reading like about? Maybe five books over the entire year, and two of those were Audible books. Um, when I was in elementary school, I read a lot. I was a pretty avid reader. And then I got into seventh grade, and I started to kind of go downhill. Like, I didn't read as much as I used to. And then eighth grade, I didn't read I think I read like two books out of the whole year. I went from like in sixth grade, I read 35 books to two books in two years. Uh, what do you think happened in seventh and eighth grade? Um, I don't think I was exposed to um, as many books as I was in um, elementary school. Like we could go to the library, but we weren't um, down there every week. and there weren't as many books in the classroom. And so I think that's why um, it started to go down. But now that I'm in Miss Kittle's class, I mean, you walk in and you see all the bookshelves full of books, so. What did it feel like in the fall when you walked in first day and you looked around? It's kind of overwhelming. Like you see all the bookshelves full of books and you can obviously tell that Miss Kittle loves to read. Was it intimidating? It was a little bit intimidating, but um, it's not really anymore. I mean, it's kind of, we've kind of gotten used to it. Before it was kind of just, you have to read this book, uh, no question, just read it. And now it's pick the book you want to read, read it at your pace. Uh, And I feel like that was a change for me because I got to choose the book I wanted to read. How many books have you read this year, do you think? 10 to 15, probably. So a big increase. Definitely. Yeah. Talk about the book that flipped the switch for you. What was it? That was probably the second book I read this year, which was Aragon. What about it was appealing to you? Um, I think, I guess the genre of the book, it was a fiction advanced fairy tale kind of book. Mm-hmm. So a fantasy book? Yeah. And had you been a fantasy reader before? Had you tried? Yeah. I had read all the Harry Potter uh, books and listened to all the Percy Jackson books and everything like that, both series. It was, I like those kind of books, definitely. Mm-hmm. Have you tried other genres this year? 
Um, not so much, no. Yeah, you just yeah. you you're. Yeah, I know what I like, and it's just kind of, I don't know. I guess I'm a little scared about going away from that. Yeah. Now, what do you do when you find a book that you don't? Dig? Um, at first I was a little, like, oh, I don't know what to do. But then I was like, oh wait, I can. It's free reading. I can do what I want. So I dropped the book and I started the book I really wanted to read. Mm-hmm. That helped me along. Yeah. What was the book you really wanted to read? I wanted to read The Martian. Mm-hmm. That was a good book. How come you wanted to read that one? Uh, because a friend of mine had um, recommended it to me, and I heard all these good reviews on the movie. I hadn't seen it yet, but I knew people loved that book and loved the movie, so I thought this might be a good book for me. And this was also a fiction book, so I thought it was kind of on the lines of stuff I like to read. Well, I was just doing my reading list this morning in reading break, um, and I think I was at like 25 books, and that's just school year alone. Wow. I didn't keep track of the books I read over the summer. but That's a lot. That's a big change. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> definitely was. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. So what, what happened? Um, I'm not really sure. I kind of reminded me that I liked to read. And it always helps when, like, there's suggestions from people that are also reading. Or, like, from Miss Kittle. Like, I remember at the beginning of the year when I had no idea what to start reading. And she suggested winger because like a lot of kids liked that and like after that like that got me reading again because that was a really good book and i haven't really read a bad book this year mostly because i've been going off suggestions so at the beginning of every class miss kittle does a book talk of a book she really likes or like that's on something we're doing and then if somebody in the class has a book they just finished or reading that they really like, they'll do a book talk on it. And that's just like a sort of summary, but also like re- maybe reading something from it or like talking about how good it is or like the writer's craft or like something like that. And like, so that's how I usually get suggestions. But then like my mom's a big reader too. And like last year I never asked her like if she had a good book that she'd read that uh, she'd suggest, but like this year, the uh, series I'm reading now, I never would have picked up if it weren't for her, because it's, yeah. <laughs> so, what is, so what is it? What's the series? Uh, it's the Lunar Chronicles. I've never heard of it before. It's like, the way my mom described it to me uh, was like Star Wars mixed with like, like fairy tales. Yeah, so is that kind of, is that one of your things, sci-fi and fantasy? Uh, not really. I mean... I definitely have a, like, thing for fiction books, but, like, I've read nonfiction books this year and also really liked it, so, I don't know. <laughs> so you've, you've gone through different genres, though. Yeah, yeah. Because yes. like, when you mentioned Winger is the first one that you like. Yeah. Like, well, that's a that much different kind of book. Yeah. So the first, actually, sci-fi book I read this year was The Martian, which was just last month, so it was, like, a while before I... Mm-hmm try to sci-fi yeah but you felt comfortable moving in and out of the different genres and uh yeah especially the martian because one of my good friends like told me you have to read this book and he's not a big reader so i was like i know it's gonna be good and then as soon as i started reading it, i was, I was like very into it you're in yeah, yeah. <laughs> can you think of a time this year when you hit a wall you just kind of like, oh, man, I'm tired of reading, or I need a break from reading. Like, you hit a little dip in your reading life. Definitely. Okay. Um, <laughs> so, so then, so talk about what that was like, and then how did you get 
out the other side. It was like I finished a book, and then the next week I couldn't find something, and then there was Thanksgiving break, and I still couldn't find it. Like, I didn't even think about reading during that because I just didn't have a book. And, like, it took me a long time, and I think it was the fifth wave that somebody recommended to me, and that starts out really slow. So that was, like, that was still part, I was, like, still kind of just grinding through it. And finally there was, like, one night where I was just like, all right, I'm reading this until at least like a third of the way or a fourth of the way through the book to see if it picks up at all. Then I'm just done. Cause I was like out of reading. I was just not a fan of it um, at that point. Um, and then it like the book got really interesting. And then that finally, like once I got into the book, then I was like putting more time into reading. And then after that, I read the second one and then, yeah. <laughs> so it was a series book. Yeah, well, there's. I think there's gonna be three. There's only two out right now. Mm-hmm. So, but a sequel. Yeah. So, I'd, do you think that helped you to know there was a sequel? I like. I like it because you don't have to start from scratch again. It's like you kind of know what you're going into. But at the same time, when you finish a series, like a long series, you're like just. That's probably the worst when you like have no idea what to read next because like you're still thinking about those characters, mm-hmm. like that you've had seven books or so to go attached to. Does it help you to have access to a classroom library? Yeah, it does, because um, if I didn't, I would have to walk across the um, whole end of the school, which, I mean, that could sound lazy, but, I mean, I guess it is lazy. <laughs> but um, also, um, it's in a classroom where teacher is constantly there, and my English teacher loves reading, and almost all of those books she's read, and so she can recommend books I might like, and she knows all about them, so... It's good to have someone who knows what she's dealing with, I guess. Mm-hmm. Not just the books, though, right? Like, do you feel like she knows you also as a yes, reader? Yes, also. So I think it's good because she knows what I like. So then she can go right over to this section, and she's already picking out books for me. <laughs> mm-hmm. So it's good. Has it helped you to have the classroom library? Oh, absolutely. Um we're able to see books and we're exposed to books um, throughout the class. So you're able to pick out books that you want and explore different genres. And uh, I just can't explain like how um, beneficial it is instead of having a classroom that doesn't have books like that. Like nobody would go to the, li- I don't think anybody would go to the library and check out a book after school. But having that in her classroom, um, it's right in front of us. So we're able to get books that we want and get recommendations from Ms. Kittle. So, yeah, it's Mm -hmm. very beneficial, I think. Yeah, that's cool. So it helps also that she knows you as a reader and Mm -hmm. so she'll make a recommendation. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yes. Yeah. And then we also just go look on your own and poke around and see. Mm -hmm. And explore. And then you can draw books if you don't want them or don't like them. Did you know and about that? I like, a lot, a lot of kids don't realize that. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, I guess I was kind of afraid to. I used to be, like, afraid to because I wanted to read the whole book. But now I don't feel, like, as bad. If you don't like the book, you don't like the book. There's plenty of them out there. Do you know what your next book is? Like, how far into your current book are you right now? 
I'm seven pages into my current book, so that's not that many. Yet. Yeah, no. <laughs> um, did you I have know, a next? Did list. you know? Oh, you have a next list. Yes. Okay. Now, for this book that you just started, mm -hmm. you when did you start that? Today? Yesterday? Today. Today. Yeah. How did you know that was the book you were going to start? Um, I went over to life stories. I love um, reading life stories about um, just people, uh, famous people, and athletes and comedians and um so I went over to our life story section in Miss Kittle's library and um I saw uh leaving home and I kind of thought it was like a cool title and kind of interesting so I picked it up and I just started reading and I'm enjoying it so far I'm only seven pages in but now you just showed me in your notebook you have next pages also yes I have next tell talk, next up, talk to me about that um so these are books that Miss um, Kittle has book talked about, books that have been recommended by kids and maybe other teachers or books that I've seen mm -hmm. and that I've uh, thought were interesting by what people have told me. So um, I just write them down and sometimes I get to want or books on here, sometimes I don't, but yeah. Have I you, so you have picked books off of your next Yes, I have. That's cool. Has anything changed for you in your other courses, your other classwork, because you're reading so much more? Do you see any changes? My, well, I mean, my writing has definitely improved. Um, my essays have definitely gotten better. Mm -hmm. Like, I read one from the beginning of the year, or last year, and it's just, like, super boring. And this year, my sentence structure is much more interesting. Mm -hmm. If I was a teacher, I wouldn't mind reading my essays anymore. <laughs> yeah. All right. What, uh, what would you say to a, an eighth grader, seventh grader, eighth grader, who's like, eh, I read the books that are assigned mm -hmm. and, but I don't read my, I don't read much right. other stuff. What would you say to a kid like that about having a classroom library? What's that, what's that like? Um, it's definitely helpful. I think it definitely brought me along to love reading. And I think um, getting to choose your own books, the books you want to read, definitely helps. So getting the books you want to read is like a key thing you need to do. Mm -hmm. Now what if they say, but I don't like reading? Um, I guess it, maybe... I think at the beginning of the year, I kind of had to do the same thing where I kind of had to force myself to like reading. But then after a little bit, it became not me forcing myself to re uh, to like reading. It was, I just liked reading after that. It was good. What was the first book you read this fall that really you really latched on to? I think it was The Fall in Our Stars. Mm-hmm. Yep. The Fall in Our Stars. It's a really good book. Yeah. And what was that like? It was kind of, I've never, like the last couple of years, I've never gone home and wanted to read. Like I've always had sports and I've always been like outside playing and stuff. But like after sports I had gone over and the afternoons, I would, right before I went to bed, I would always read, which is something I've never done before, except for like in elementary school. So it was kind of, um, it was good. It felt good to complete a book and I think that was the fourth book I read mm -hmm. and um, 
I think I read four books in middle school altogether. So, yeah, it was it was good. It was like refreshing. Yeah, and you've read sixteen so far. I think I've read seventeen. I still haven't plugged a couple in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What's so your goal 17. for the end of the year? We've got twenty. Okay, you're yeah. gonna make it. Yeah, I'll make it. In this podcast, we like to share book recommendations and favorite titles from teachers all over this country. Today, we want you to hear those recommendations from the kids themselves. Here are some recommendations for books from Jamie, Ashton, and Sully. What are your five favorite books this year that you read? And I'm saying five. It doesn't have to be five, but you've read a lot of books. So I'm like, what are Um, are five good books? All right, Winger was one of my favorites. Um, The second one was... So it was good. The first wing, winger was definitely the best. Um, Cinder, which was the Lunar Chronicles, the one that I'm reading now, and Scarlet, those two have been really good. Um, oh, I read Swim the Fly, and that was really, I really liked that just because it was funny. It was like, I really liked, it, it was like uh, teenage boy humor, so it just mm-hmm. kind of connected with me. But that made me, it made me laugh, so that, it's always good in a book. Um, oh, The Martian. Yeah, that's definitely one that I really enjoyed. Because, um, I don't know, that really intrigued me. It was something I'd never read something like that before. Like, sci-fi, and it, like, it was very informational. Like how he made water out of gas fuel. What are some books that you th- you would recommend to another kid? I like to read books about like athletes. So Soul Surfer by Bethany Hamilton. It's a true story. She's a surfer. She got her arm bitten off by a shark. Um, Her dream was to become a professional surfer. And um, when she got attacked, um, she thought her dream was in fate. But it, um, the story is about how she kept faith and um, was able to conquer her dream. So that's that was definitely one of my favorite books so far. And then Growing Up Gronk is about the Gronkowski family. So um, that's an interesting read about how all the, I think there's five boys in the Gronkowski family. And so that was really funny. Um, interesting to see how like their lifestyle was when they were little, all playing football. So yeah, those were definitely two of my favorites. Recommend some books to me. Um, this series, the first one, I am number four, and then The Martian. On this podcast, I like to leave you with one story. Today, it's about a boy I taught in Washington State many years ago. I met him in his eighth grade year, but he seemed to disappear in my class of 34 students. He would slide into his seat, duck behind his overgrown bangs, and doodle in his writing notebook. He spoke to no one unless forced to. And he borrowed just one book from me that fall, The Old Man and the Sea, an unlikely choice. I remember asking him if he was a fisherman, looking for something to connect us, but he said no, he just thought it might be interesting to try someday. People who don't teach find it hard to imagine what 34 teenagers are like all together in a small room with no windows. Well, for one, antiperspirant is required. Their overgrown, long-limbed, golden retriever-ish bodies more than fill the room. 
Their chatter is constant. Their ingenuity is as well. Everything, anything can be a projectile. They are a force of light and power and energy. But they're also silent teenagers who aren't part of this collective spirit. They wait, as Sherman Alexie said, for the punishment to end. This was Patrick, waiting, silent, alone. Until one morning, he was there at the door before class started, and in his hand was of mice and men. Mrs. Kittle, he said, I want to know if I can take this book with me. I hesitated. I'd been reading it aloud since we didn't have enough copies for every kid to have one, and this was a school with no money for classroom libraries or even class sets of books, yet we had these towering stacks of anthologies in the back of the room that, believe me, were a very weak substitute. Take it where, I asked. He looked away, then back. We're moving tomorrow. And he turned his eyes on me with such an intensity. We can't stay. We have to move our car. This boy and his parents were living in a car. They had been for months. I looked at him more closely, connecting his clothes and his hair and his silence. Sometimes it isn't adolescence that punishes, but the relentless grip of poverty. His dad had finally given up on finding a job in our town, and when the police knocked on that car window, they decided to head back to Portland. Patrick said, please let me take it, and he held the book like the precious gift it was. I will read all night, and I will try to bring it back, but I have to know how this turns out. A pause. Can I? That's the power of story. Thank you, John Steinbeck. There's a point in Of Mice and Men when you can't turn back. You have to know. And for this young man, he felt that power. We need books in our classrooms for all of the kids who've gone dormant, like Sully and Ashton and Jamie, and for all of those who never believed in reading. But we also need books we can pass on to kids like Patrick. I have believed in the years since I lived that story that the copy Patrick took with him that day was an important donation to his life as a reader. I know one book can often lead to the hunger for another. We want students to know books that name just what they need to know, to remind them that joy can follow loss, that people can rise from devastation to live lives of remarkable hope and promise, that words can call across the darkest nights and begin the light of dawn. Because we know this as an essential life-sustaining truth, we have to pass it on. Thank you for being people who do. And thanks so much for joining me today. The board members of the Book Love Foundation are choosing finalists this week for 2016. We meet on Thursday. I guarantee you it'll be a long night because I want you all to win. Every small donation helps us fund one more library. If you can help us, please do. If you can pass the word on about the foundation, please do that. And thank you for listening. Now get back to reading. If you enjoy the Book Love Foundation podcast and the work we're doing here, please join our email list at teacherlearningsessions.com slash go slash booklove. We will send you a list of titles that appear in each episode's book talk on the day the show comes out, and you will also receive our weekly newsletter, which includes podcast reviews, insider information about the Teacher Learning Sessions projects, and more. 
That's at teacherlearningsessions.com slash go slash book love. In our next episode... I think the biggest thing is to never give up. I think kids are going to tell you a million reasons why that they should be doing their homework or um, so-and-so doesn't have to read in his reading break or whatever. The key is, is to hold the course, stay steady, stay dedicated to it and driven to it, and um, kids will read if given the opportunity. They need the opportunity to learn how to read and to learn how to read something other than what you see on the Internet, which is typically these days our attention span is short. Um, things come at us in bullets and in quick little capstone summaries, and we need to be able to also have the skill to have the endurance to be able to work our way through a text. What it looks like when an entire school is committed to reading. Kennett High School reads next time on the Book Love Foundation podcast. The Book Love Foundation podcast is produced by the Teacher Learning Sessions, connecting teachers with ideas, experts, and each other.